All right, everybody, tune in, tell a friend, the Playboy Comedy, Mr. Trey Love is in. As promised, 9 o'clock a.m., Monday through Friday, you can catch me here live. It's Listen to Lewis in the Morning Show. Yo, we got a good one for you today, y'all. We got a good one for you lined up today. Y'all know we got a lot to talk about. They done, they done finally caught Tupac's killer. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about USC and Deion Sanders. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about Ebony K. Williams <laughs> retracting her statement and realizing, like Gina said on the episode of Martin, I need a man. Mm -hmm. Reality, ladies, is kicking in. We're going to talk about targets closing all over the country due to crime and uh, what can be done about it. Uh, y'all heard about y'all ex-president trying to come back and be president. So I'm like, just kill him. Just You're going to get shot if you do this. So, you know, anyway, we'll get back to that. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special, special guest coming on. She was on a couple weeks ago, and we're going to have her on on Fridays. Fridays is going to be her day. She's going to come in, and she's going to tune in, and she's going to tell a friend, and she's going to do what she do. Sister Lou, everybody, it's going to be an amazing Dynamite show today. We're going to have a lot of fun. And then I got to give a shout-out to a very special, special, special comedian, uh, OG friend of mine. And I'll talk about that at the end of the show. We'll make that our melanin minute. But for now, y'all, let's get right into it. Somebody being Trey Lover. They asked me how I do it. This is the best explanation I could give you. Get your Trey game on, on, on. Get your Trey game on, on, on. Get your Trey game on. To get your tray game on, you got to grind, redefine, look at the whole world and say it's mine before I start every day. I take a moment and pray, thank the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for blessing me, Trey. Love a boy, King, got Gilroy, make your girl think about me like I'm her toy. I bring joy, satisfaction with no distraction, I guarantee, pay me a fee, I make you see me in 3D. Baby, that means a star Make you redefine the definition of who you are Limitless dinero will tell you how far You think you wanna go, baby Do you really know, baby God gave you a good game, man That's 5G, baby Keep everybody laughing Feet tapping Be stole your girl for you know what happened Virgin tight game Keep them clapping In the gym in my book Keep my mind and body strong My tray love just goes on and on and on and on We had to mute myself. Uh, like I said, y'all, I was saying it, but I wasn't saying it because y'all couldn't hear it. But like I said, tune in, tell a friend again that the Playboy Comedy, Mr. Trey Love is in, y'all. We are live. That's right. If you're on YouTube, what's up, YouTube? If you're on Facebook, what's up, Facebook? Man, as promised, 9 a.m., this is where we get down for our crown, man, and we make a sound, man. We get it in. We got a lot of uh, subjects to talk about today, man. It's going down, man. But as we do each and every single day, 
if you follow me on Facebook, if you follow me on YouTube, if you follow me on TikTok, if you follow me on any of these devices, you more likely than not have seen my uh, daily dad tip. So before we uh, even get into anything, man, I first want to center everybody. Let's get centered. Let's get focused. Let's put God in his perspective place, which should be first and foremost in your life. I know he's first and foremost in mine. He blesses me every day. And one day, y'all, I know I'm a tick and I'm going to be out of here and y'all wake up. Oh, God, rest in peace, Trey. But not today. You understand? Because I'm going to tell you something. I know that we are only here for a good time. Not a long time, but a good time. And I'm about to get mine. Y'all don't hear me. <laughs> but one thing I pride and cherish is being a father. I know who I am. I've known who I was all my life. And one thing, like, girls fantasize about getting married. I've always wanted to be a dad. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like that is the most important role out of everything I've ever done in my life. Being a father is the most important role I've ever taken on is fathering my beautiful children, being a dad to them beautiful girls of mine. And shout out to them. And I just want to say, I want to get into this video real quick, this daily dad tip, and then we're going to talk about it, y'all, because because it needs to be discussed. So check out this daily dad tip, and I'm coming right back. Welcome to Daily Dad Tips. Now, today, we're going to talk about how do you handle your child disappointing you? How do you handle disciplining your child? We live in a new day and age. This is 2023. There's no more belts. There's no more extension cords. None of that. But you still have to discipline your children. You see what I'm saying? So how do you do that in today's uh, era? Well, what I recommend is the old school. Remember when you used to get in trouble in school and they will have you write like 500 times? I will not talk. I will not talk. That's a way of discipline. That's a way of putting a child's mind on what they did wrong. So what I recommend to my fellas out there, to my fathers, you know, realize and recognize, especially as OG fathers, those days of putting your hands on your kids, that's over. Those days of that spanking, that's over. So you still have to discipline your kids. And what about, I know y'all say, well, well uh, Daily Dad, Mr. Lewis, what about when they piss you off and you start cussing? Always be in control, no matter what situation you're in so, with your children. So they may upset you. You may cuss them out. If you don't get your ass in here and sit down somewhere, I will not, ooh, but always be in control. Make them think that you're losing your mind. But you always be in control. This has been your Daily Dad. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Yeah. Um, what made me come up with that Daily Dad tip this morning was I have to share something with you all. I love being transparent. I love the... the um, the authenticity of being able to do a podcast and also being able to stay transparent. I had admittedly, this wasn't a great weekend for me, y'all. I said it, it wasn't a great weekend for me. I lost two business partners, not to death or anything like that, but to relational things. It was some, some major disagreements uh, on with both of these friends of mine well, see, that's what things get twisted. You put the friends and the business and things got murky. So I ended up uh, having to cut ties with both of them. But I still, I, I would say I don't burn bridges. But at the same time, sometimes sometimes it gets to a point where, you know, hey, look, you need to go your way. I need to go mine. And let's keep things separate. That's what I love about maturity. 
I'm able to handle things better. So I had those two situations happen. Then also, like I said, it, it, when I talk about being a daily dad and, you know, stuff with your kids, I want to make this perfectly clear. Just because you get custody of your kids back, just because, you know, you won in court, and even if you get full custody of your kids, if there's one thing I can promise you, every day ain't going to be Sunday. It's going to be some nonsense. So this past weekend, I had a, a issue with my daughter, and I got so upset with her. And then I, I, I was saying to myself as I was upset, I was like, but you're the daily dad. How you going to handle this? This is your time to test. This is the time to see how you're going to react to things not going your way, to your child messing up, to your child pissing you off, to your child doing something that made you angry. How are you, the daily dad, the man who gives advice to dads on how to be, how are you going to handle it? And so I realized that I had to instill some discipline. There was no way what my child did that I was going to be able to let go. I was forced to discipline her. And, I, and, and honestly, I adore my children. See, I, I can't speak for men that don't love their kids. I don't adore their kids. I literally adore my freaking babies. So when it came time to discipline, I just sat there and I was like, you know what? I got to do what I got to do. And I mean, I went hard and I went ham. But the two things I didn't do, fellas, I did not beat my child. I did not put my hands on my child. One. And I didn't curse as much. I did some cursing, but I kept it level. But I did not. I made sure, you know, you got to think your way through the situation, even when you're angry. What she did was something that I had to discipline her. And it was hard because, you know, I'm looking at a little face, but tough love, tough love. Fellas, to the men out there, we have to discipline our kids. That's how you create better human beings. What you have to teach children is that there are consequences for their behavior. And that's what I found myself having to deal with this past weekend. And I mean, it, it bothered me a little bit. I, I thought about it. I meditated on it. But I realized, you know what I'm saying, I, that the man I am, I, I could I had. And it's not even about per se being the man I am. I had to be stern. I had to be disciplined. There was no way I was not going to be able to be disciplined with that. And I want to play this clip from Deion Sanders real quick. Uh, something I saw online. You know, we really do live in a different day and age. And to the fathers out there, we are not our fathers. We are not our grandfathers. We are the this new century's uh, greater fathers. So just like life evolves, things evolve, people, people evolve. As fathers, we have to evolve. So I want to play this clip by Deion Sanders real quick, and then we're going to discuss that. And after that, I'm not going to waste no time. Sister Lou is in the building. I think I'm going to give her about another five minutes, but uh, I definitely got to bring her on, man. She's a very special guest. We've had her on a couple times. Very funny, energetic comedian out of Columbus, Ohio. You know what I'm saying? So we got to bring the girl on in a second, y'all. Uh, Sister Lou. I was calling her Lulu the other way. She was like, Sister Lou, you know women. Sister Lou. Uh, Lulu. No, Sister Lou. Well, God damn it. Anyway. So let's watch this clip. We're going to discuss it. And then I'm going to bring her back. And also she and I will discuss this um, this this Ebony K. Williams thing. Because the Ebony K. Williams thing got me going, y'all. I ain't going to lie. You know, y'all, we'll discuss it. So let's do this one first, y'all. Let's get into uh, it. My biological father was in the neighborhood. Then my stepfather proceeded. One was an alcoholic. One was a drug addict. I've never endeavored in either. I never smoked, never drank in my life. Stopped using profanity my sophomore year in college. But I had some things that I was trying to fight because the like thereof. Uh, my father's never told me 
they loved me. Um, that's not something I heard often. My mother was working her butt off so ends could see one another, although they never met. So my mother never saw me play football, baseball, or basketball in high school because she was working. So there comes the self-motivation um, because I didn't need no one clapping for me because there wasn't no, nobody there. So I clapped for myself. I didn't need no one cheering for me because there was nobody there. So I cheered for myself. So there came um, that, that what makes me me. Out of that was born an incredibly gifted athlete. He played baseball, football, and ran track at Florida State, won the Jim Thorpe Award. He was a two-time All-American cornerback and is the only man to ever play in the Super Bowl and the World Series the same year. But inside, he knew something was missing. I had a... Man, uh, I never knew that. I watched that this morning, and I literally had to share that. And I want to explain something. Everybody know that Dion's a dog. You know, for those of us that grew up in Florida, watching Florida State play, man, back when he was a college player, Dion was a dog. And shout out to the Colorado Buffaloes. Man, hey, USC, y'all pulled it out, 48-41. And I want to say to that buffoon, I'm going to call you what you are, Charleston, why you use a buffoon. Talking about, ah, he can't coach you in the level of Nick Saban. Look, man, they gave USC a run for their money, 41-48. And shout out to that USC quarterback, that boy Cole. I can't take nothing from him. That boy is a freaking monster. But when Dion said his own mother didn't get to come to his games, his father didn't come to his games, I've experienced that. I've had, you know, my mama never got to see me perform. She died before I, I uh, really got into my comedy career. I started comedy April of 1997. My mother was dead in August of 1997. And every time I get on stage, I know she's there because even the reason why I was brave enough to take a mic is because she was like, stop being stupid for free. Stop being funny for free. Your, your teachers, everybody say how funny you are. Stop doing it for free. So I thank her for being the woman that she was and raising me to be the man that I am. And, you know, every now and then I do this. I got to show her picture because this lady, man, like, that's my mama, y'all. You know what I'm saying? May her soul rest in peace. But her spirit and who she is as a, a person will live forever. You looking at a piece of her right here. You understand me? Yeah, that mama. Yeah, that mama. Yeah, that's mama. And then there's me. So I'm not going to waste no time because Lulu over there in the wings talking about she won't end. So with uh, uh, any further ado, we're going to go on and bring her in. And we're going to go ahead and get this comedy train rolling. So everybody, I'd like to bring to the format. Yes, one of my favorite comedians, one of my newest, bestest friends. Welcome to the platform, y'all. Sister Lou, everybody, get up. Sister Lou, what you do? Hello, hello, everybody. How y'all doing out there today? Oh, What's my happening? goodness. It is a good day to be alive, ain't it, sir? Amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> so, you know, I was backstage enjoying the show already. I'm back there head nodding and co-signing. I'm I'm all in for what you're talking about, and I'm ready to jump into that Ebony K, baby. Listen. Mm. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, 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 okay. That, let me play that video, and then we're going to get right into it. Yeah. I like that. that. Thank K. you. Yeah, Ebony <laughs> K. Oh, we're going to discuss this one. Hold on, y'all. Let me mark off the things, you know, because, see, I have what's called order. Y'all understand. You know, I, I got an order. You see what I'm saying? That's why my show flow the way it go. Amen. Hold on. We're going to play this video, and then we're going to chop it up, y'all, because we got to talk about this here. Mm-hmm. Sister done flipped the script on us. All well, right, see, I, we I can't tell you nothing about Deion Sanders or none of that because I don't know anything about it. But I know a couple things about dating unemployed men. Okay. 
So, <laughs> I'm not going to act like ah. I know some stats. I, I know Deion Sanders is the shit, and he has yes. gone on to uh, Colorado, I believe, yes. right? Yeah, I believe. You and know what? I don't I don't even want you to try to discuss it because- Yeah, uh, that's disrespectful, wouldn't it? To my audience, did y'all hear she said, I believe? Uh, No, no, don't, don't even. <laughs> I tell you what. We'll leave the, the Deion, the Neon Deion, the prime time, the Colorado the, hmm. I'm an old Florida dog. I've been watching the boy 30 years. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So for you to come on my platform, like I believe uh, his name is Dion. Eh? No, no, we're we not going to do that. So I got a segment just for you. And that one wasn't it. So we're going to go ahead and get into your segment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> most women, even the most educated, high earning ones, they want to be married and they do want to have children in a more conventional way than I have chosen. And that is why I am talking to those women in particular, and I am targeting this advice to women that are young enough to do something about it on the front end. No way and no how do I believe that black women's worth is dependent on being married or pushing out some man's big-headed baby. Of course, we have tremendous value in this world beyond our roles as wives and mother, and only somebody very ignorant to my full body of work or otherwise disingenuous would come to any other conclusion. Now, of course, women can still find love and yes, even get married after college or after 40, or I'm gonna mess y'all up after 60. And of course, black women can be mothers in a litany of ways, including with partners they meet later in life, single mothers by choice, and so on and so on. And finally, of course, black women can partner and marry non-black men or black men with different levels of education. And still I stand by what I said. Most educated black women in this country desire to marry educated black men. And they also want to have children under the construct of that marriage. And the most opportune time to set up that structure is when you are surrounded by black men that are also pursuing their education. Last point. This is all about putting black women in best position to create that lifestyle. And nothing I'm saying is guaranteeing that y'all will stay married or even be happy because nothing can guarantee such a thing. I'm only saying out loud what pockets of black elite communities have passed down generationally for years. And I respect that it's hard to hear and know you don't have to agree. But I am happy that we as educated black women are hearing each other, are seeing each other, and we're having the conversation. Okay, let's go ahead. Uh, unmute these mics. Let's get into it. I'm going to say this, y'all. Uh, I remember when Ayanla, shout out to Ayanla. I love Ayanla. I think yes. between Ayanla and uh, uh, I can't think of the young lady's name right now, but um, oh, she's a, I, I, I remember before we finished the show. But Ayanla and it's a, another um, black female that are very, very um, outspoken advocates for us black men. And I'm going to say this from black men to people such as Ayanla and uh, other sisters that really support us. Thank you. And I'm going to say this to I, I, uh, Ebony. I see now that. It take as they, I'm going to tell you something it, that word on the streets, it's always said that. It takes a man to raise a child. Well, I'm going to say this. Women ain't going to listen to us, men. We know that. Women aren't going to listen to us. So it takes a, a woman to teach and guide a woman. And I think I thank women like Ayanla 
who take the time to educate sisters because Ebony, smart, intelligent, and uh, by all means, a beautiful woman. But her whole attitude, I'm going to call it what it was. It was effed up when it came to black men. But after talking to Ayala, she realized, like, wait a minute, let me jump off this high horse for a minute and realize that I am 40, that I am single, that I don't have kids. Yeah, I got my career. And um, Diane Carroll, it was beautiful, gorgeous black woman, dynasty. The black woman every woman wanted to be was riding around in the limo a few years ago. God rest her soul before she passed. And she had a camera on and she was like, I have all the things. I got the cars. I got the house. I got the furs. I got the jewelry. But I don't have no man. And I don't have no family. So that reality, as women get older and hit the wall, they start realizing like, damn, you know what I'm saying? What have I done with my mm -hmm. life? What have I done to end up in this position and situation? Mm -hmm. And it's it's reality that men see women y'all and, and I'm just being, you know, frank here. Women peak around college. You know what I'm saying? Right after college under 30. Good you know what Lord. I mean? When they're no, let me finish now. When they're what, what, like I said, down. when they when you're you're good baby making uh, years, you understand your <laughs> procreation years, them them years when you all are at your perfect weight, perfect this, perfect that, you know, you you peak about in your 20s. Now, men, on the other hand. It's not this is not stuff I'm making up. This is statistics. Men, we don't peak in college. We still goofy in college. We still goofy in high school. We still figuring it out. Now, let a man get 35. Let a man get 40. Let a man get 45. And he done made the mistakes and he keep going. And next thing you know, it and even uh Ebony K. Williams admitted this. Men peak later in life. We we get more valuable as we get older. That's why uh rest in peace, brother Kevin Samuel said it. It's nothing wrong with older men dating younger women, because as the younger woman is is coming into her own, her developmental years of baby making years her procreation years, a man is peaking in his financial status in his uh, um, he, he probably such as myself that went to some counseling therapy, knows how to handle himself better, knows how to handle situations better. So if you catch a mature, younger woman while you're excelling to where you're going to go these things can work and again what she said in that video what i really liked is there's no guarantee that it's going to work but at the same time at least don't be on this high horse i don't need no man i don't want no man i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that get off that and i appreciate her for and i mean people been riding her but i appreciate her being humble enough to come back and say you know what i know i said that last week but let me come back and be a real woman and stand up and say, hey, look, I, I said what I said. However, in retrospect, I realized the the um, the guidance that I was giving to, to my sisters wasn't right. So I thank her for that. All right, Sister Lou, your turn. Right. What you got? What you got? OK, well, first of all, mm, whew, first of all, her speech, her whatever you want to call that, I'm going to tell you now, I have been in Toastmasters for over 14 years. So I know the power of words and the arrangement of them. She started out saying, like she was making a statement like, oh, most women want marriage. Most women of this, 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 or whatever. Um, but then it changed perspective and it was I, you know, I want to marry a married educated man. I want to do this and, you know, and then at the very end, she, she, ended with something she should have started with, that these were the elite community criteria for dating and marriage. 
she should have started there and say, this is what, you know, this other community, this is how they operate. These are the, the, the criteria that they're looking for in their dating and stuff like that. And this is what I think of it, you know, or how it could apply to black women in the community. So I'm not necessarily saying her message was wrong. It was just misguided and it wasn't well constructed. I'm going to say that first off. <laughs> um, and then it's it's a very dangerous thing to try to speak for everyone in your whole thing. You could really Absolutely. speak on your experience, people in your circle. Like, Absolutely. you know, totally the way agree. that I grew up was, was the total opposite of some of my friends. Like, I was an extreme tomboy. I had all boys in the house, so I didn't get to play with dolls. I didn't play cooking or I played doctor. I had a chemistry set. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't, you know, that wasn't a thing. And even back in those days, it was like, okay, well, be careful because you'll end up chasing a boy with a baby on your hip. Is that what you <laughs> want to do? And I used to be like, oh my God, no. You know, unfortunately, growing up in the neighborhood, you would see girls, they start developing. These guys come sniffing around before you know it. She got a big belly and nobody's around and she's pushing mm. the stroller. And so, you know, it all comes from what, what perspective you're coming from. Now, I don't know this lady. I don't know where she went, but it's very dangerous for her to use that platform to speak personally and to try to disrupt some things or try to direct some things. It's just not the way to go about doing it. You, you can work in the community. You can start things from the inside out and make things better from there. And I'm a testament to that. Well, the way I, I feel about it is when she said black women want an educated man, they want this, they want that. Rest in peace to the brother Kevin Samuels. He he left us with so many jewels that, you know, brothers such as myself are able to archive and read. I want to ask you a question because, I mean, you know, we old school. Um, what What college did George Jefferson graduate from? You know what? <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. There you go. I said that to say this. Yeah. Go to well, Kevin Samuel's page. He has a video called The George Jefferson Story. George and my and 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 what's what's beautiful about the George Jefferson story and something I share is my grandfather. My name is Lewis the third. I'm named after Lewis O'Neill Smith Sr., who is my grandfather. Back in the 60s, when he was raising my dad and my uh aunts and uncles, he was making over a hundred thousand dollars a year in the 60s. This man had a third grade education. See, I said that to say this. Women, when you want this educated brother, right? This brother with this education, right? I'm not trying to be funny or take anything away from education. I think education is excellent. I think it's good. I think it's needed. However, I have a bachelor's degree that I do not use. OK, I went to college basically because my mom, I, I did. I got that degree for my mother. I really did. I can't even lie. I know I would have to say that my college education is for her. But let's talk reality. Let's talk turkey. The men who are out here throwing garbage, the men who you see out there every day uh, with the jackhammer busting up the road with them hats on. The men you see on these construction sites, the men Absolutely. that come in here and do your plumbing. Those men are the fabric of the world, not the country. Those men are the fabric of the world. So to my I'm fellas with you, out honey. there, we can get I changed my dating criteria on Tinder. HVAC, oh, wow. electrical, plumbing, roofing, and automotive. Okay? So we can get these Nobody little educations. We can get these little educations, but my thing is about, like, with us, with men, when we get these educations and we get these student loans, and I've dealt with this personal experience, you find yourself out on the job market looking with a degree looking look hey hey i got a degree and okay. with some debt 
You know them got, student loans, they about to start paying the student loans back right now. Oh my I got, goodness. I, I got one. I got one. So I know. Mm. But I'm saying these these brothers out here, hey, I got an education. And you know what the job market is saying? So does he, so does he, so does he, so does he. Mm -hmm. So while we run around here trying to get these educations and not pursuing brick and mortar type of work, not pursuing the type of work where you put you get your hands dirty, you go in and you know, look at some of the uh, uh monies that these hardworking men are making. You mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? A lot of them Why got these... their own business too. Yeah, and real and, and, entrepreneurs. And here's another thing too. Like when I talk about the community, uh, if I wasn't a stand-up comic, I would be teaching school. More black men need to be in positions of leadership so that we can guide. You know, it's all about like when Barack Obama was president. People talk about what he did and didn't do. Let me tell you what he did do. If he didn't do nothing else, he gave us an image. Yeah, he gave us an image. He that brother got up there. His demeanor, he taught black men how to act, how to dress, how to con carry and conduct themselves, how to realize mm -hmm. and deal with the world that has been given to you. All Barack did was basically take um, Tupac's thing and say, I was given this world. I didn't make it. I was given this presidency. I didn't make it. But I'm going to show you all how to be presidential. And that's what that's he did. Right. For eight years, that brother was very presidential. Him, his beautiful wife and family represented America to the umph degree. And what I'm grateful for more than anything, oh, Barack didn't do this, Barack didn't do that. You know what? He gave us, and honestly, he gave us hope to be able to see that yeah. black man in that office, in that seat, and 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 to carry himself the way he did is totally admirable, bro. It's mm -hmm. totally admirable. I think it's just amazing there's a, a whole generation of black kids who only knew him as the president. Oh, exactly. gosh, that's just amazing. Because you exactly. and I, you know, we old schools, that was the running joke, you know, uh, a black president that was the running joke oh, and in all honesty i believe in voting and the whole nine but i really didn't think it was gonna happen but i don't so, think anybody know. did i don't think anybody you know, did. i know for a fact i remember God, and i, I talk about y'all hit me talk about my great-grandfather a lot because he had a very massive influence on my life i he was one generation away from slavery so i feel mm. like i was very connected to uh blessed to be able to be around him talk to him and get his tutelage very connected to my roots first of all yeah. one thing he said was that uh uh desegregation was the worst thing to happen to us as black people we mm -hmm. should be able to be black whites are white jews are jews russians are russians and you can go to a, a you can be anywhere in the united states and you can go to little italy you can be anywhere in the united states and you can go to chinatown you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but Absolutely. how many and and then uh, thank god we do have in new york you have harlem but what's happening to harlem harlem's being gentrified I'm walking around in Inglewood the other day. I'm seeing white folks walking their dogs. You see what I'm saying? White mm -hmm. folks colonize. You see where I'm coming from? So what we have to do as black people is we have to do, do forms like this and uh, teaching God our people to come together because the, it's going to start from within. It's not going to start without. You know what I'm saying? From right. out. But white folks don't like to see too many black people together. They don't like to see us together congregating and doing stuff. What, what, oh, oh, my God. Is that a gang? Three or more is a riot. Yeah. What are they doing? It's a gang. But so and you said something I really like, too. You said that. And, and I really appreciate that statement that Ebony K. Williams can't speak for every black woman. And I, even me as a father, I can't speak for every father. I can't speak for every black man. I can speak from my perspective. And what I do know is being raised a black man, being uh, uh, having gone through the ups and downs and racism and rigmarole of being a black man. I do have a lot of experience. And so funny, I was talking to a brother yesterday and he has he's going through the same custody issue I am. And when I say that 
if you haven't lived it, you don't understand it. As mm. a black man who has lived it and gone through it and continues to go through it, when I talk to other black men, they have had most of the same experiences. The courts don't see us. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, a lot of times we are the better parent. Mm -hmm. We can be the better parent. But are we allowed to do that? No, because the court system, the world sees, okay, it's the mother and the father, but automatically, as soon as you go into the court, unless that chick is a crackhead or a prostitute or a heroin addict, she's going to get custody of those kids. It don't matter. That's just automatic. And I feel that that needs to be changed. There needs to be a true evaluation of both parents. And then and that, let's evaluate both parents. I'm talking about mentally, physically. Uh, where do you live? What are your what are your values? You know what I'm saying? Uh, are you willing? See, what, what really messed my baby mamas up was I was always willing to take care of my kids. They didn't like that. That's why they fought me so hard to keep them away from me, because there was never not one time that any of my baby mamas would say, you need to take her. You need to keep her. And I said, well, send her here. Then they get mm -hmm. intimidated. Oh, oh, he really, oh, he'll take that. No, you ain't taking my baby. Well, then why did you threaten me with that? Because right. what you knew is, what you knew was, once you give me that child, that child is going to be fed. That child is going to be clothed. That child is going to be disciplined. And last but not least, that child is going to be loved. And that is where I'm, and, and, and what I do respect about you, and we've talked about this, I respect women that follow their dreams and and if you're not gonna have kids and you're not gonna have no family then don't you know what i'm saying and you don't have kids and that to me makes makes you more attractive it makes you uh a, a, a leader because you were able to get through your 20s through your 30s and and be where you are without having a baby on your hip and and i mean i love when we talk our conversations are so rich <laughs> and and one thing i'm gonna say about you sister lou that i do like I love your opinions. They're they're wealthy and they're rich, but you're not bitter. That's one of the yeah. things that I notice yeah. about you. You're not bitter. And and what I like well, as well. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Because it, it's um it's unfortunate that there's always this projection. Like mm -hmm. um, I think that's what Ebony did. She did a projection <laughs> of what you know she thought it should be or whatever. And even with your baby moms and some other baby mothers, um that are in that custody thing, they're projecting because of the end of the relationship, whatever, you know, disappointment and and all of the things that they're dealing with. And they know that, you know, the kids are, are gonna be, um, you know, all that you're concerned about. And they, they want you to be concerned with them too. Um, not saying that, wow. you know, of course I know intel, but I, I mean, to me, that's what it seems like, um, right, wrong or indifferent. And then also, you know, when we're taking the time to evaluate ourselves and understand the things, that's where that comes from. You know, it took a long time to get to where I am. There was a time where uh, I was just going to slap people. I was very quick <laughs> to slap a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Right. But I'm going to tell you, another, um, another, you know, I'm a, just to interject real quick, another place you come from, because we've talked something that, again, makes me appreciate you and your opinion and why I do want your input on my show is you were raised in a household with a loving father and mother. You had mm -hmm. both parents. So... For you to grow into what you grow into, you grew up with balance. You understand? Yes. Your childhood. Yes. Like when you talk, I, and it just, I really, I get elated when I listen to women and they go, oh, my daddy. And and you can see 
it's not always my mama, my mama, my mama, my mama. That's the mistake that I made with this last baby mama. She was she came from a single family, single parent household, and she literally would talk about, oh, I saw my mama struggle and this and that. So her mama was her hero. So mm. she's patterning her life to to be like that, to be that, mm. uh, you know, I'm the mama. We don't need no, we don't need no man. We don't need no daddy. But see, she had a different daddy. Her daddy ran. You know, her daddy didn't, you know, he wasn't able to or even attempted to take care of her in her childhood. And see, that's where these men mess up. These old, these older men, not, they want to come in and, and be 60, 70 years old. Their daughter's 40. And now all of a sudden you want to be daddy. Well, what happened when that child was eight? What happened right. when that girl was nine? What happened when that girl got her cycle for the first time? And as a, and you got to sit there as a dad and, and you got to deal with that. And you got to talk to her. Like when my baby had her cycle, I... I literally, you know, I had to come to grips with the fact that my daughter wasn't my baby no more, that she's always going to be my baby, but she's not a baby, that she's a woman now. So right. what I had to do was realistically have a conversation with her about what's going on with her body and what's going on with who she is, you know? There we go. It was really cool growing up, um, like you said, with having both parents. Um, all of it didn't necessarily happen in all the families on our street, but you know, um, I don't know what I would have done without the balance. You know what I'm saying? Because both of them, you know, my mom was was very headstrong in in one direction, and my dad was very headstrong in the other. So you know, you just kind of had to take it as it goes. But it helped me to manage things a lot better. Um, and also, um, you know, I'm being I'm a Libra, so I'm always looking for harmony. Um, even in arguments, I don't even always have to be right. But we have to come to some kind of agreement. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you know, like okay, well, how important is that? You know. So, um, but I, unfortunately, I have to get ready to get out of here. I wanted to give a oh, special man. shout out really quickly um, to all the Libras out there because it is Libra season, baby. Listen, my birthday is in two days, forty-eight hours, and I can't wait. So, if you are a Libra, um, and if you don't know one, then you need to be one. Okay. Oh, baby, listen, I'm going to have a, a comedy show for my birthday in a couple of days. And then I'm off work and it's all Lulu time. You understand me? But I will be coming back this Friday. I will be posting up on the shows during the week. And I'm going to have some comments because you already know I'm coming back for your throat. I'm being uh, nice today because we talk about daddy stuff. I'm uh, being nice today. I'm, I'm uh, feeling a little birthday want... joy today. Right, right. Let that shine. I wanted, to, wanted you to share with everybody. <laughs> something we talked about that I thought was real funny. Oh, my God. I forgot what it was. Damn. Uh, but you know what? I'll write it down and bring you back. So how long we got you for? Um, I just got a few minutes left. I have to get back on the clock. You know, I'm on the clock. It's a bald okay. head tragedy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to thank you for coming in today with us, Sister Lou. You know, your presence is always wanted, needed, accepted. And uh, I just appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate, you know, the conversations that we have. You know, that's why uh, we decided to go ahead and have you come in and co-host this show when you're available because and especially fridays i would i just want to tell you guys we're gonna go live every day but sister lou's segment is going to be fridays because Friday. you know her her, yeah. her week is busy and she just wanted to come in a day and give us a little tidbit give us a little energy and we was just chopping up she's like yeah i'm gonna get on there you know what i'm saying but thank you for that and anything so you you do have a show coming up you say right oh oh yeah. this is what i wanted to talk to you about now i remember y'all okay. i'm gonna tell you something sister lou is a conspiracy theorist, y'all. Oh. <laughs> Part-time. 
she's a conspiracy theorist. I wish I had some tw uh, Twilight Zone music. Hold on, let me see what I got. I, I think I got a little something. I'm going to play some Twilight Zone music. I want you to tell everybody about that stuff she was telling me what's going to happen on your birthday. Y'all, she she's, a, I'm telling you, I'm going to let her tell it. I'm going to put some Twilight music. It's real. Music. No, it's real. Now, listen, I, they're saying that the FCC and the FEMA are going to do a testing of our emergency alert on the phone. You know, like the Amber Alert. And it's going to vibrate and they're going to send and transmit different tones in this experiment. And they're going to do it on Wednesday, October 4th. Um, I think about 2.22 in the afternoon, which could be, a, you know, the, that trilogy of the twos could mean something too. I'm just saying. But, you know, I don't know. You may want to turn your phone off. You may want to be mindful of the time during that day for it catch you off guard. But if you start seeing, you know, people peeling or their eyes pop out, I suggest you throw that phone in some water. That's all I got. <laughs> hey, y'all. Y'all, I'm going to just say this. Tell you right I'm now. Shit start popping. If my wig start jumping, I'm tossing it in the toilet. Do you hear me? <laughs> and Lord. I got to get out of here. I will see y'all okay. Friday. Be okay, good, y'all. Take you, care. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, sister. <laughs> oh, man, yo. Sister Lou coming with it, y'all. Thank you. Hey, I want to thank that sister for her time, man, coming in and rocking with us, man. She's going to be back on Friday to, to you know, she's going to watch the show during the week and she's going to come back with commentary. But I just have to laugh because here's how I feel about conspiracy theories. Now, let me not say conspiracy theorists because at one point in life, we, I'm going to say this, we all develop, we all change, we all go and we all grow. There were times that I was a conspiracy theorist. I was like, I was like, there's aliens. I'm telling you, I, there's, there's aliens out there. I'm telling I see them. They wide open, you know, like, is that person an alien? I used to be into all that. But as I've matured and I've grown and I, I've learned and I've attained knowledge, what I realize is this, this, and, and when I, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking for me. I go back to the roots of what I learned in church, what I learned from the Bible. And I don't mean to be the biggest religious person in the world. What I will say about religion, what I will say about the Torah, what I will say about the Bible, these men that wrote this had wisdom. So do take it with a grain of salt. Number one, know that they're men. And number two, know that there's wisdom. There are reasons why their words are biblical. But I feel like you got a Bible in you. I feel like I got a Bible in me. What's wrong with me expressing how I feel and expressing my opinions on things or putting a spin on something that has already been taught to us? But here's how I really feel about it. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The power and courage to change the things I can. And last but not least, y'all, the wisdom to know the difference. That is sincerely and truly how it is. And I don't I, I can't worry about stuff that I can't control. You know, when I had open heart surgery and I laid on that table and them, them people cut me open and they put that anesthesia on me and I had the mask on. I didn't have no control. That's real, y'all. People think they have control. You really don't have control. You have to put your faith and trust in something bigger than you. What you can control, do. I can control what I eat. I can control my discipline. I can get up every day and I can go exercise and try to make a better way and a better day for myself, a better moment for my life. That I can control. But aside from that, what other people do, I did a, a video the other week. Let me see if I still got this. I did a daily dad tip 
about having adult children. Hold on. Let me see if I can find that. I'm going to play that, and then I'm going to discuss it with y'all if I can find it. That's that one. Now I must be looking through. Let me see. Good morning, family. I saw the most beautiful video on social media today. Oh, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That wasn't hey, it. top of the morning, y'all. On today's Daily Dad Tip, I want to reach out to specifically my girl dads, the men like me that have beautiful time. I can't find it, but go to my social media, man. Go to my Facebook. Go to my Instagram. Listen to Lewis. Uh, Lewis Smith on Facebook. Listen to Lewis the Third on IG, and I talk about it not being your fault what your adult children are doing. I don't want any of us to to feel responsible for what your adult children do, good or bad. I gotta I'm, I gotta download that video Sunshine made about where I said everyone is self-made and only the successful will admit it. When we have a child that has finished college, that travels, that is doing uh, uh, great and what society sees as great, we brag on that child. That's my baby right there. Yeah, you see my baby? My baby doing a thing. My baby doing his thing. My baby going to college. My baby played football. But what about those that are not? What about the babies that aren't playing football? What about the babies that aren't in college? Does that make them any different or any less? No, that's still your baby. That's still that's how it still came from you. You know what I'm saying? So either way, good or bad, if the child's on drugs, take that the same way as you take a child being educated and, and prosperous. It's literally the same thing. You can't, you know, I mean, you could probably, I would say, honestly, personality wise, this is from experience. You can deal with the more college educated child because maybe they have more sense. They have more grounding. And you can, you know, it's harder to deal with the child that's per se on drugs or out there bad. But either way, to the family out there, I'm going to just keep it a buck, man. What can you really do about it? Nothing. You know, either way, love your children regardless. And parenting doesn't just last for 18 years. Parenting is a life lifetime thing. You know, I, I had an issue with uh, a family member of mine. I want full custody of my daughters. I'm going to just keep it real. It's on my, um, my, you know how you, you have a goal list, a wish list. I literally feel that I should have cut full custody of my daughters. And be mindful who you share your dreams with. Don't share your dreams with everybody. Because you have what's called peace thieves. People that you share your dreams with and they, oh, well, you, you, like when I told this family member, I said, you know, I want full custody of my daughters. And this family member goes, are you sure you ready for that? I, you know how you get mad, but you go like you're insulted. You're not even mad. You're insulted. The fuck do you mean? Am I ready for that? See, here's my thing. As a as a man, when I have when I get a woman pregnant. And I get you pregnant on purpose and I know that, hey, I want a baby and we make this baby. For at least 18 years, I know that I've given myself a sentence. I know that I'm going to be locked down for a minimum of 18 years. When I say locked down, I mean I have to care for that child as a as a child by society standard and by life standards. When that child comes to this world, that child is it, it has parents, it has a mother and a father. My job as a father is just as equal and as important as the mother's job. I have to put in my part. I have to do my part. 
I'm not, uh, I wasn't raised and taught to not care for your child, to have a child and just say, oh, okay, cool. You over there. All right, let me send some money over there. You'll be all right. I don't know where that comes from. I think that I have a lot of knowledge. I know I have a lot of knowledge. I have a lot of wisdom. So it's my job as a person with wisdom to give that wisdom to my child, my children, my female child or my male child. It's my job to make sure that that child is given love. That's how you create a better world. People talk about changing the world. Change you. Oh, I'm going to change the world. Yes, I'm going to change the world. But I got to start with me. And then I also have to start with my beautiful children. I have to make sure that I discipline them. I teach them right from wrong. I teach them economics. I teach them home economics. I teach them how to cook. I teach them how to clean. I teach them how to listen. I teach them how to be obedient. I teach them how to say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Manners. Yeah, because when my children leave my house, they represent me. You see what I'm saying? To this day, y'all, to this day, and my mother passed away in 1997. But to this day, I promise you, I'm not perfect. I will never say that I'm perfect. But I will say that I have an honorable discharge out of the military. I will say that I have a college education, a bachelor's degree. I will say that I'm well-spoken. I will say that most people that meet me like me. Not all, but most people that meet me like me because I have manners. I have goodwill. I keep a smile on my face because I was taught. I was raised. This lady reared me. She didn't just have me and throw me to the wolves. She reared and raised me. Now, my dad, on the other hand, that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story that I don't even want to get into because I don't want to give energy to anything negative this morning. Oh, yes, I will. I give energy to this punk ass nigga right here. Oh, I can't stand him. I used to like him. I used to really like him. But boy, don't you ever say nothing about my Florida dog. Don't you ever say nothing about the Florida dog, boy. If you ain't repping for Dion, you ain't repping. You can get the hell out of my face. Don't even talk to me, man. I ain't going to lie. I, I, I'm real sensitive about that. If you ain't repping for Dion, don't even say nothing to me, man. I'm telling you, we ain't got no conversation. My, ooh, boy, y'all about to make me get back to who I was back in the day, boy. But I'm going to play this video real quick, and we're going to talk about something real good. <clears throat> if, you, if you haven't heard about this story, then that means you've been under a rock. First of all, I want to shout out Mr. All Eyes on Me himself, Mr. Tupac Shakur. May that young brother rest in peace. As you all know, we lost that brother September 13th, 1996. We lost him. He was 25 years old. He didn't even get an opportunity to, to manifest anything, to grow, to become really a man. He was only 25 years old. But it said he knew he was going to die. And you could tell by the way he was living. He kind of felt it coming. He knew it was, it was coming. But I'm going to say this. That was no reason or no, uh, um, no justification in anyone taking his life. So I want to play this clip. I'm going to talk about it real quick. We only got nine minutes left, and then we're going to go on and get out of here. But check this out, y'all. Suge Knight used Tupac as a shield. That ain't true, nigga, man. That ain't true. It's not? Nah. Why you say that? That ain't true. I was there. Pop was uh, demised to his own 
he he was the demise of his own what he or his action. He shouldn't have did that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Especially he don't have no no business getting involved in that. He ain't no business doing that. So when y'all was shooting up the BMW, what was Suge Knight's reaction? He was getting down. Trying to duck. Anybody, anybody that got some sense, you want to get their ass down. But he, he, he was getting down there. He was trying to get out the fucking way. So he wasn't trying to grab Tupac? Nah. And while y'all was shooting up the BMW, Tupac was trying to get in the back seat? Oh, uh, he just looked like he was breakdancing. And bullets was hitting. Y'all shot, y'all shot up the BMW that, um. You know, when I watched that video, what what hurts more than anything is what what has happened to our society, y'all? I mean, maybe he's trying to get this off his chest. Maybe he's trying to redeem himself and realize, like, let's go ahead and stop playing and go ahead and just tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? I'm the one who killed Tupac. I was part of the orchestration of Tupac's murder. You know, it's all kind of rumors, and I don't even want to put no names out there, you know. But I want to say this about Keefe D. You talk about it being a code in the streets. I saw one video where he talked about the code in the streets. If you would have kept your mouth shut, you wouldn't be in jail right now. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I have no remorse for killers. I have no remorse for killers. I have zero remorse for killers. Zero. And you killed a living legend. The boy is infamous. He will never die. He will live forever. We only going to remember you for a second. Well, Keefe D, honestly, if you want to be honest, you have put your name in the history books because now we all know who killed Tupac Shakur and who was part of the death of one of our favorite rappers. And I, I want to say this, man, too, because because I roll, I'm, I live in L.A. and I roll with, and I'm black and I roll with a lot of cats and I know a lot of gang members. I know them. I'm friends with some of them. But I don't know their personal business. They don't come telling me, oh, yeah, you know, we did this, we did that, or I did this, I did that. And if they do or attempt to tell me, I say, hey, man, I don't want to hear it. I, don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know nothing about you killing somebody. I'm ex-military, y'all. I did five years, no, four years in the military, four years in the Army. I done shot every kind of gun you can imagine. I done shot M16A1s. My favorite was the machine gun. Like that little stuff y'all talking about? No, baby. I, uh, the machine, the M60A1, this gun so cold, the bullets are like this big. You know what I'm saying? And you got to get a chain. When you pop that sucker off and you hit it, like it literally would chop you in half. The M60 machine gun ain't nut. Like you going to take, trust me, if, you, if one of them bullets hit your ass, you hit. You hear me? It's going to tear you. It's going to tear you up, you know? And if it's, and there's a time to kill. There's a time to kill. If 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 someone is trying to harm me, or especially harm my family, then it's a time to kill. Because I got beautiful daughters that I love. I'm a father of daughters. And if you mess with my daughters, but to kill someone because they disrespected me, 
or we got into a, a fight to kill someone for that. And I'm going to tell you something, y'all. I really watch a few of these Keefe D interviews. He said straight up, if they come get me, it, I mean, you know, he done got old now. He done lived. He done kicked it. You know, he old. And, you know, man, as we get older, somebody, sometimes our equipment don't work no more. He don't even get, he don't even care. He like, man, look, I'm old, man. I don't even care no more. Like, I go to jail. Hell, I, I ain't got, you know, I'm already in my 60s. You know what I'm saying? It's just really sad, man. It's 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 really sad, man. You know, but shout out to Tupac, man. Brother, we miss you, man. Shout out to his family. His mother didn't get to see this. Afeni Shakur, she died a few years ago and didn't get to see her magnificent son be praised. I mean, for his his death to be um uh uh but justice to be served. But justice is being served. Uh Keefy D, man. I, I really don't have nothing to say, and I don't know what to say, because one thing I will say is that as a uh, civilian, we have to show respect. When I say respect, you may not like gangs. You may not like gangbangers. You may not be into that lifestyle or agree with it, but you got to respect it. You got to respect the, the fact that there's unity in that. You know, there's a cat um, who passed away recently, Mad Ronnie. And uh, his his funeral was so big. And you you see all that love amongst these gangbangers. And you wonder, why is it that we can't just have that love without the overlay of danger, without the overlay of it being a gang? And because, see, gangs, man, it, you know, I live in L.A. I lived in Miami. I lived in Chicago. And as a civilian, but I went to the Army. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to say this as a civilian. You know, when I think about my kids, I'm a black man. I think about my kids. I think about my family. Who am I really afraid of? Am I afraid of the gangbangers? Am I afraid of the police? I have to be afraid of both. I have to be mindful of both because both will kill you. Both will harm you. You think a police officer give a damn if I'm in front of my kids? You think a police officer really gives a damn about killing you, a black man, in front of your child? They want to do that. They want your child to suffer the trauma of seeing their father or their mother, or their grandmother, grandfather, their parent, killed and harmed and hurt by the police in front of them because they want to instill that fear. It is what they used to do back in the day when they called buck breaking. You know, they would take the biggest, strongest slave, strap him up, and do some really horrible things to him in front of the children. So that way, instilled in these children's mind is I better not ever do that because I don't want that to happen to me. All right, y'all, we, we got about a minute left in the show. There's two things I want to talk about before I get out of here today. Melanin Minute. I got to shout out Uncle G, man. This brother right here at 86 years old, Garrett Morris, needs recognition. He made a lot of people laugh since the 60s. Why can't we give him his props while still living? Let me tell y'all something special about Garrett Morris. July 7th, 2014, I had open heart surgery, y'all. I had a bicuspic aortic valve replacement. I went into a coma for four days. Garrett Morris came to Kaiser to visit me. Y'all don't know what that meant to me. He didn't have to do that. This man was on Martin. He was on Jamie Foxx. He's been on Hunter. He's an SNL alum. A legend. And he came to see me at the hospital. That shows who he is, the credibility of this person. 
Now, there's another legendary comedian who I was working at his club at the time. Yeah, he sent a teddy bear, but he didn't take the time to come to the hospital and see me. This man right here, y'all, he came to the hospital to see me. I will never forget that as long as I live, and I thank Gary. And yes, let's give him his props. I call him Uncle G. Very funny brother, SNL alum. Thank you, Garrett. And you 86 years old and still kicking, baby. That's a blessing. That's a lesson and a blessing. And real quick, y'all, before we get out of here, let's talk about these uh, Washington Commanders. Man, Washington Commanders now have over 77,000 signatures to change their name back to the Washington Redskins. The fans really want them to change it back. Guess what? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So we'll get into that on another show. I want to thank everybody for taking the time to spend with me. I want to thank Sister Lou for dropping in. Please come back Friday, y'all, 9 a.m. to catch Sister Lou again. She's going to come back and she's going to ride with us, y'all, with all that personality. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, this has been a fantastic show. It's Monday. We got four more to go. So until then, I'm going to let y'all go, all right? So I wish everybody peace. I wish everybody love. Be content. Be grateful. Be grateful. Get out there and get into this day, all right? I'm out, y'all. Something about being Trey Love. They ask me how I do it. This is the best explanation I could give you. Get your Trey game on, on, on. Get your Trey game on, on, on. Get your Trey game on. To get your trade game on, you got to grind, redefine, look at the whole world and say it's mine. Before I start every day, I take a moment and pray. Thank the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for blessing me. Trey, love a boy, King, got Gilroy, make your girl think about me like I'm her toy. I bring joy, satisfaction with no distraction, I guarantee. Pay me a fee, I make you see me in 3D. That means a star. Make you redefine the definition of who you are. Limitless dinero will tell you how far you think you wanna go, baby. Do you really know, baby? God gave you a good game, man. That's 5G, baby. Keep everybody laughing, feet tapping. Be stole your girl for you know what happened. Virgin tight game, keep them clapping. In the gym, in my book, keep my mind and body strong. My trade love just goes on and on and on and on. Get your tray game on.